you're listening to The Dumb Will Speak, a podcast in which we seek to honor the truth of God as revealed in His Word. Oh, a nice segue into the intro that time. I, I fixed it. I really messed it up on our last episode. Sorry about that, folks. Oh, but yeah, it was... you just brought it to a screeching halt. <laughs> oh, yeah. Welcome to another episode of The Dumb Will Speak. Hello, I'm Roy. I'm Jalen. Coming to me via Zoom today. This is an experiment. We'll see how this goes. Uh... I'm pretty sure when I do the editing process, I will have to really amplify your sound because it makes such a small sine wave there on the uh, thing. Sine wave? Was that correct? I don't know. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, how are you doing today, Chalen? I am good. I'm in my home office, so I'm surrounded by all of my junk. So I get to be <laughs> in the, instead of studio, I get to be in my home office where I have my light reading this morning well in in the pre in the preamble as we were just conversing to test the zoom this is actually my first zoom meeting ever thank you for dragging me kicking and screaming into the post-covid world and there's technology to do video like we're doing this is just a quick let's see how this works right yeah the, the the thing i wanted to say was right before we were talking about some books which you had told me that you had ordered they came in really quick. I'm shocked. I thought shipping was slow these days, but you got your books in a in a very quick order. Uh, tell us about your new books. Well, uh, let's see. Post our discussion on eschatology, uh, there was a few books I had been looking at for quite some time within the last six, eight months. And kind of the first one that struck my eye because I love his systematic theology book is Millard Erickson. Uh-huh. And he had wrote a book book called The Basic Guide to Eschatology. Uh, I don't remember the publication of this of the book originally, but he really covers all of forms of eschatology. You know, uh, the second frame originally was 1977. That's what I was thinking. But he covers all the way, you know, from Bultman to Moltman to post-millennialism, the amillennial, pre-millennial, dispensationalism, pre-trib, post-trib. Uh, I mean, he just kind of it's not exhaustive because you can see it's it's not a very uh, <clears throat> excuse me thick book, but I mean he, he just kind of goes through it very pithy, um, rapid succession, uh, kind of goes through it. So I, this is what I'm getting ready uh, to read probably second because I'm really excited about the Pauline eschatology by Voss. I am really, really uh, looking forward to this one because this is an, an older book. Like I said, he died in 49. When I say older, I mean, it's a brand new print, but uh, as far as the date of the original publication. And um, so I'm looking forward to this one. This will probably be uh, my first one that I'll read. Well, so, which one did you say got his uh, PhD from, from Calvin? That's Mr. Uh, Dr. Voss here. He uh, was uh, born in the Netherlands, and let's say he earned a degree from Calvin Theological Seminary, uh, Princeton Theological Seminary, the University of Strasbourg. He has a PhD in Arabic, as we discussed. Just a second. Which is wild. Which uh, is wild. Yeah. Who gets yeah, a? You even said who gets a who who gets a PhD in Arabic? But he did at a time when that was not not nearly as important to be able to speak Arabic as it is today. Um, you said something earlier though that made me laugh because I thought of something that I heard this week. You said uh, he 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 got his PhD at Calvin Theological Seminary. Wonder if he was a Calvinist? And I said, and I, and I didn't say anything because I wanted to hold off till we were on screen. But um, according to James White, this week on one of his episodes, maybe not. They have a <laughs> there's a there is there is a um, professor there. Who she is decidedly not Calvin reformed at all. She is not reformed at all. She's not even Orthodox. Where is the Calvin Theological Seminary? I don't even remember where it's at. My mind's actually it's drawn. it's in one of the cold states. You know what I mean? One, I think it's in one of the Great Lakes states, like Minnesota, Wisconsin, Michigan, one of them. We you know we. I guess I could have done the research and looked it up, but <laughs> that's too much work. I did, I did, I did, but it said uh, also what was kind of interesting. He's, a, he's an ordained Presbyterian minister, of course, but he literally was the professor of systematic and exegetical theology at Calvin Theological Seminary. 
Really? He was a professor there. I mean, so uh, up until his, I don't know if it was up until his death or retired. He died in 49, I think. And, uh, but I, but I'm looking forward to these. I mean, just kind of to piggyback on, on our eschatology, um, episodes that we've had the last, uh, I guess the last episode, I believe. Yes. Yes, it was. We, when we had, uh, uh, Dan and Jonathan on. Yeah. So, um, so I, so it just kind of got me to looking at some books. And like I said, I love if you're in the market and you need a, uh, a systematic theology, uh, Millard Erickson and, and is one of the best. Oh yeah. A lot of seminaries use it. I'm looking right now. You can get one used on eBay for six ninety eight, but you can get it brand new at um, you can get it brand new at Christian Book for forty six ninety nine. I'm sorry. I think at this point in my life, I just if it's going to be that kind of book, I'd probably rather get a brand new one. You yeah, know, that that kind of study book. You know, there has been some deals. You've been to this. You've been to my home office and library. There is some deals in this. Oh, sure, there is. God. On eBay. I mean, I'm looking at a theological dictionary of the New Testament. Uh, nine of the ten volumes, eight of the ten volumes. I think I've got less than thirty dollars in the whole set. Right. So I found somebody on there selling it. If you buy them new, it's a couple three hundred bucks. So I mean, there are some deals in there. There's a lot of new books that I've bought. You know, I'm, I'm amazed at the people that have given away libraries because you know this. I've always. If I see somebody giving away a library, then I will jump all over it. A, because there may be some good books in it. And B, there may be some just plain heretical books that you know I've thrown away. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tossed books. I mean, I have, I, I remember getting this one gentleman's library. I think here it is right here. There's a linguistic key of the New Testament. And it's a really, really good, uh, uh, a good book. And it, it kind of goes through and breaks some stuff down, tells you the, you know, what uh, form it's in, verb form, noun form, pre, uh, participle, heiress, you know, it gives you all that. This book had never been opened. I mean, this when I opened it, I, I cracked the, the, the binding. You could hear it cracking when it opened. I'm like, it, it had never, I mean, you can look at it, it's, it's never been used. I remember, I remember when you got that. We were still recording upstairs, remember? And and you were like, Roy, this book popped when I opened it. It, it was it was you know it's like I broke the seal. <laughs> well, and the other one was that I don't use a lot, but I like it. And there's one called the Word Pictures in the New Testament. It kind of goes through some books. It's it's, it's by Robertson. There's one about what's it? Kenneth Woost. I like it better. Um, this one's by Robertson, and it's pretty good. And it, it never been. You know, in Mounts's Revelation on in, in the United, in the New International Commentary. He quotes from him, from word pictures, and he's not the only one. I've got multiple commentaries where Robertson's book on word pictures in the New Testament gets quoted a lot. Actually, Voss, Voss gets you were talking about Voss a while ago. Voss gets quoted a lot. He was he was a very informed he was a very informed man, and I think he informed a lot of people's uh, how to uh, study on how to interpret scripture in the first half of the twentieth century. Gotcha. Yeah, if Voss is. I was actually reading a commentary. Today, uh, in Ephesians by Honer, which to me is one of the best commentaries on Ephesians. Yeah. Uh, you know, I always supplement it with other people, but, you know, I, I was reading through Baker or Honer or one of them quoted Boss on some stuff and his interpretation of, I don't remember what he quoted now, but I remember Boss being quoted. Um, and, uh, you know, I, like I said, it's... Um, it's nice to read some of these guys. You know, you I, in our Sunday school, in the Sunday school that I go to, uh, weekly we have a thing up on the top left hand of the board. It says quotes from a dead guy, and it's always <laughs> Martin Jones or Boss or, yeah. or it's 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 always one of those um, those sort of guys, and they're big guys. And uh, oh, by the way, uh, I don't. I'm sharing this with you for the first time. There's some sad news. What's that? Uh, it really is sad news. We need to be in prayer. Tim Timothy Keller. Uh, has introduced that he has stage four pancreatic cancer. Uh, is that right? He made, he made that statement last night on Twitter. I think it was last night he made the announcements. Um, of course, we know pancreatic cancer is very bleak yeah. uh, prognosis. So It's sort of like being told you got liver. It's sort of like being told you got cancer in the liver because once it's, hit, once it's there, it's, it's usually pretty much in stage. That is, that is a shame. Um, I, you know, I've, 
I've found myself irritated personally with the views of the man over the last two and a half to three years. That being said, I've read a couple of his books. Um, I do own one somewhere. I don't know where it is on the shelves as I look around. But, you know, that doesn't mean he's not a, a saved person and a man of God. And he's been very important over the last 35, 40 years. He's been actually been very important uh, in um, modern uh, reform and evangelical circles. He's just slipped a little into the sort of social gospel thing over the last 10 years or so. And it's kind of sad. Wasn't he part of the T4G originally? Was Keller part of the team the together for the gospel with Moeller and Piper and some of those guys? I believe so. I, know Dever I, I can actually tell you in just a second. Hold on. There, there was a time when he was a very uh, a, a good person to read, and then he kind of went. Roy, you'll you'll help me with this. It was. It seems like the book he wrote maybe on Jonah was it the prodigal prophet that he wrote that kind of went a little. That's the one I read the most recent. The Prodigal God was the popular one before that. The Prodigal God. Yeah. And I, who I see in the original T4G was Mark Dever, Ligon Duncan, Al Mohler, C.J. Mahaney, Thabiti Anyabwili, which is sad because he's really changed too. I mean, he's really gone off the deep end. He gets irritated with James White and they wind up fighting sometimes. MacArthur was loosely involved. Piper and R.C. Sproul, but that, of course that's been a while. I don't think Sproul, Piper, or MacArthur have been involved in a long time. And actually, Moeller dropped, I think. Oh, it's all just conference. That's it. Yeah, I don't know who's speaking. I don't yeah, know. there may be a. You told me that there. You you may have announced it on this show that they are actually ending it. This is the last year, right? This is the last year, so it'll be April of twenty-two. Okay. That's it. Wow. And I know guys that. You know, Jonathan that was on the show, he, he yeah. went and he loved it. I mean, he went all the time and, and he went out every other year when they had it loved it. And of course, this year, our, uh, um, we're going to Truth Matters. Uh, I say we're, it's the, the elders at Hanson. We're going to, uh, to Truth Matters, which is MacArthur, which is going to be at the Ark. Right. Took the Truth Matters conference and moved it east. And so we all get to go to that. I'm, I mean, that's something I think we're we're all uh, ecstatic about and looking forward to. And I'm, you know, I'm excited to do that. Well, and, and another group, another group, which always had, I always had. There's always been a few problems with it because it's a much broader net than T4G was. Was and I think they were started in kind of as in response to GGC. But the Gospel Coalition, that's another one that's yeah. that's lost its bearings. You know. It never had a good person. No, I know. No, I know. But it had good people involved. There was D.A. Carson and a handful of others that I do personally, you know, uh, think are good men of God and good scholars. I forget D.A. Carson was part of that. He was a founder. He was a co-founder. Yeah, I mean, and D.A. Carson is really solid. I yeah, mean, he writes really good theology. The best, one of the best commentaries on John he wrote for The Pillar. Uh, He's the editor. He has picked all the all the writers on that. That's been his. He's been overseeing that ever since it started. Yeah, actually, one of those is kind of a rarity. Hebrews, the guy got caught for plagiarism. Yeah, now they've since resolicited a new edition with a new author. Correct. Uh, I think it's in the works, but there it is. And actually, if you were to go to uh, uh, um, bestcommentaries.com. It's actually listed as one of the best commentaries on Hebrews. Pardon me. And wow. The same guy that wrote it, O'Brien, wrote, uh, I think, Ephesians, too, as well. Uh, so, And that that is his only one, correct, where he's gotten in trouble? No, no, no. He got in trouble for several. Was, was there others that he's, he's accused of or convicted of plagiarism? Yeah, Ephesians was pulled. I don't think... Was his explanation that it was an oversight on his part? It wasn't that he was trying to steal... Someone else's. I don't think it was intentional. I think it was just. There, look, you and I've said it so many times. There's no original thoughts anymore. What can you say if you were to exhaust all sources of commentaries? I mean, there's really nothing that you could say that probably hasn't been said somewhere or another. Yeah, we're looking at over. We're looking at now over two thousand years of Christian. Well, yeah, it, dating it back to the time of the disciples and, and the life of Christ, it has been two thousand years since all this uh, started. And the the fact is. 
so many things have been written, even as far back as second and third century AD, that you say anymore that, well, I've got a new thought. If you've got a new thought, you've probably got a heresy. <laughs> well, unless you're Ed Lippman, then you didn't plagiarize anybody. <laughs> oh, cold-hearted, dude. You're cold-hearted. <laughs> for what's going on right now because you know as well as I do that's Ed Litton's uh, MO is I didn't I didn't know you know I, I just, what was it I have such good memory <laughs> photographic he wouldn't photographic memory I forget how he put it but it's basically saying he's almost like Edetic if he if he hears or sees something it sticks in him and he, he before long he's quoting it as if it was his huh yeah uh, yeah it becomes part of him <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. Including, but not limited to, a sermon illustration. Yeah. Well, I absorbed your life and thought it was mine. Oh, my goodness. We're all living in the Matrix anyway. Let's re- be real. The new Matrix movie comes out, what, this month? Oh, I didn't know that was, I didn't know it was in the works. Oh, you haven't, you haven't seen about it? Yes. Oh, yeah. Or I haven't. Uh, a, very rough, a very rough John Wickian-looking uh, Keanu Reeves is back as Neo, and he did not change his look. He still looks like he's been playing John Wick. I haven't seen any one of the originals. What? Heresy. That's a true story. You can borrow my DVDs or my Blu-rays because I've got it in both versions. They're on one of the streaming services we have downstairs. Yeah, I know they are. They're on Peacock. Because it's Univ- yeah. yeah, that's where it was. Yeah. That's where it was. It was on Peacock. I knew the other day. I just what is wrong with you? The Matrix 1999 is a classic. Modern classic. You have to see it. You know what I was watching in nine. But you you will feel like you're actually living in it now. I promise you when you watch it. Yeah, that's uh, isn't it? Was it Orwell's? Oh, it's a bit scary. Yeah, it's a bit scary. Uh, what if we are all just in a simulation? <laughs> and speaking of which, you talk about that. Look at the new COVID. You know, now we have what's the new what's the new line? The Omicron. Omicron. From your Greek vocabulary, just like Delta. You know, when you hear Delta variant, you think, wow, did it start in Mississippi River? <laughs> you know, is it like the blues? Is Robert Johnson went down to the crossroads. I wish I could find there was a tweet this morning by this guy that was released. And um, it, 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 I, I got to see if I can find it because it was, oh, here it is. This guy releases it and he says, this, this guy, let me finish before you jump in. Okay. He said, this is Jimmy Chales. Omni, Omni, Omega, Greek for in. Cron, Cron, Kronos, Greek for time. Omicron is the end time drivers. Get right with God. The devil is about to make his final move. And this guy quotes this whole thing and says, as a Greek New Testament professor, I will state the obvious. Tell me you don't know Greek without telling me you don't know Greek. <laughs> but is that not a hardcore dispensational? Oh, my goodness, dude. Omicron means it's the end times. Okay. It's the end times parody. I mean, that's, that's what uh, we'll, we'll go with. And does this not have everything to do with what we talked about in the last episode? The news watchers who are trying to set dates for the return of Christ. And I, and I used to tell you that even, I think I mentioned it in that episode, that even even guys, hardcore IFB people like my own father would say, nah, you can't do that. <laughs> but, but, but they try to do everything. I mean, they try to squeeze everything. There's always a conspiracy. I've got several books by people like that. <laughs> it's almost just... just embarrassing to, to what they do i mean let me just let me just squeeze if it don't work i'm gonna i'm gonna squeeze squeeze it in there you know um it, it's kind of like um um it, it's kind of like if i can find it here um ba, 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 where is my um jesus is not a bartender thing. i mean where did it go he turned water into something. We don't know what it was. The Bible says it was wine, but it could mean anything. See if you can hear this. Oh, 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 get in here. Not communicating. Not communicating. Not communicating. We have a technical failure. We're trying to do too much at one time. I will comment on one thing, though. I'm, I'm looking at, 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 at your camera, at, at you, and I'm seeing your microphone. You're using the blue for the first time, aren't you? Uh, I've used it in, I, mean, I haven't used it, I've tested it to make sure everything tested right and it went good. So I'm using the blue, I'm using my, I got my bone induction headset in. That's right. You didn't, did you see, did you see Little Britches come through here a while ago? No. Little Britches, you didn't, she come through, snuck in. Uh, my office. I think with the camera angle, she's just too short. <laughs> <laughs> she's 
in Louisville, and she come in and she walked by, and I happened to look, and she had to, she needed a doll, and she came up here and got a doll, and she headed back down. So wow, you've got a doll. You don't just have massive works on theology. You've got baby dolls. I have baby dolls. I have. Uh, if you want to buy some play supermarket food, I've got that over there. And then you can immediately take the play supermarket food, take it over to the kitchen and play cook it. So, you know, my, my microphone is your basic audio technica, just like the one you usually use when you're over here at the studio. But yours, the one you're using today, looks like something straight out of Star Wars, man. It looks like a droid or, a, or an AT-AT walker or something like that. It looks like it's going to start walking at me. That's right. Because it's got little legs. It's got little tripod legs. Oh, it's cute. I like it. I just referred to your microphone as cute. <laughs> but it is. It's adorable. And it's very handy because both of us, the way everything's going right now, with honestly, with preaching schedule, with um, yeah. life. It's the age they are with basketball, life, this time of year. This was something we were going to try because, to be honest, there's a future moving forward that we want to try to have guests on. So we needed to have some type of. Program. We can do remote recording. Yeah, absolutely. Do remote. Uh, this works well this morning because of the limited time schedule that we were able to do this because I've got to get, uh, obviously when I talked to you first this morning, I had just finished putting all the notes to a sermon form and, and for tomorrow. And then, uh, in Ephesians, correct? In Ephesians four, uh, I was in Ephesians four last time, I think, but we're going to move over a few verses. Look, I'll be honest with you. When people... When I'm, unless I'm assigned a peculiar or a specific, not peculiar, but a specific, <laughs> a particular, not peculiar, a particular topic, you're more than likely going to get the the product of whatever I'm studying. And and I'm in Ephesians uh, one, but I'm working through Ephesians four, kind of simultaneously at the same time. Um, and so we're in Ephesians four. We're going to be in seventeen through twenty four. Those that know me know we. We'll just get as far as we can because tomorrow is our family day and that is communion. So we have communion at first to serve. Oh, that's right. And I believe the last time that you preached. It was James then. Actually. Yeah. Was that not November? No, it was earlier than that. I did preach in November, but that was Ephesians 1, 4, 1 through 10. Okay. Okay. It must have been like October, but it was it's recently because it was the first Sunday as well. And you didn't realize that you were like. You didn't even realize it till like over halfway through your sermon that, oh my goodness, this is normally the time we're about wrapping up and you still had a lot to go. Yeah, because I decided to try to reconcile, not try, but they are reconciled, James and Paul. And is one telling you you're saved by works and is one telling you you're saved by grace and by parallel look at these. I mean, we had a, we par- we put the verses parallel to one another to show the differences and we we're walking through it. So I had to do that in 45 minutes, which is a race and a sprint. That's right, yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. Typically, I'm, I'm 50 or 55 minutes, but um, but to do that, I had to sprint. Um, and I actually cut it short. I mean, I took an early exit on that one, I'll be honest with you. Um, well, can I ask you something? Are you aware of um, some of the Supreme Court things that happened this week with the— uh, the Mississippi case, the Jackson, Mississippi case, uh, abortion. No, shame on me. I, I know what's going on. I know what the argument is. It's the, is it Dobbs? Is that the case? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Dobbs it's, uh, versus uh, Jackson. It's a Jackson, Mississippi public health where they're, they suing them because of the Mississippi law and Jackson public health was, was enforcing it, which was that they were banning abortion after I think six weeks or something like that. And it's a, Oh, I know there's been some scary comments. Sotomayor, actually, one of her comments that she said was um, a fetus retracting during an abortion. Does not show pain. How does she know? And some, and, uh, yeah. As if it has no nervous system. Come on. This is a child. This is not an it. I just said it, but it's not. This is this is a human being. That was like a total denial of science. Oh, science denier. And then she says she equates whether or not they feel anything or have any 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 sensations with someone who is brain dead waiting to be have their organs harvested essentially that is that is sickening she equivocated yeah she did and i think uh, as i think it was al moeller said thursday hopefully that statement's going to come back to haunt her in the pub, view of public well, opinion and and you know it goes along with Ephesians that we're talking about. It goes on with our study of First Peter that we're doing every week. 
<clears throat> what do people want? They want to be, you know, what, what, what was it our pastor said or said last week? What do they do? How do they handle when those pre, those prepositional phrases? Remember those commands they talked about, and and how does the world view things and and versus as compared to us and juxtaposition our view? Uh, you know, marriage. I think when we start deconstructing marriage, like we're doing as a society, yeah. We can simply say that we can just, quote-unquote, live together, that we can just, quote-unquote, play marriage. But not only that, if the marriage doesn't suit us... We'll just drop it. Get out of it. Yeah. We'll just drop it. And, you know, I had a... a you, don't, you don't fulfill me anymore. Well, guess what? Another human being is not meant to fulfill you in any way. I'm sorry. No, that's a bad... That's a Hallmark movie thing that we're going to live... Or, or an old fairy tale. We're going to live happily ever after. No, you're going to live happily in working because you would work all your life marriage is not a just a freebie it's a hundred percent hundred percent yeah it's not 50 50 people say 50 50 and you, you just said that you know i've had this conversation no there's no such thing as a 50 50 marriage if it's 50 50 you're both not giving but half enough it's got to be 100 percent i'm in all the way and and love is commitment love is not an emotion love is a commitment it's a promise that's what i was going to say so much of society connects what we would call, well, what we want to say in love, we want to say it's agape love. And we should love our spouse as Christ did in the agape love. It expects nothing in return, but it's not. What society is confused with agape love? The eros. Sensuality. Yep, eros. Yep. Yeah, it, it is, is that of a sexual nature, that of a nature that just honestly leads to the depravity. It does. It does. People go down certain roads and then they don't know how to get themselves out of it. It's my wife always says, she always said it to our kids. It's a lot easier to get into sin than it is to get out. And I always thought that was brilliant advice from her. Hebrews eleven twenty five, I think it is, um, talks about Moses. Remember Moses and he, mm-hmm. and let me see if I can find it. I think it's Hebrews eleven twenty five. It says, "Sin is pleasurable for a season, for a season, but that sin is going to haunt." I mean, some of these sins could haunt you. I mean. Some of them, I, I say haunt, it may be, the, a child may be the product of it, but that child is not going to haunt you because it is an image bearer of God. It is a, it, it, and so I'm not saying that, but it's still not healthy for that child to be essentially raised in a one-parent home. That's not right. what we see as a nuclear godly family. That's not God's plan. Now, if someone, if a, if, a, if a spouse deceases before the other, that's a different situation. You're now a single parent out of necessity. The other person's time is gone. They're 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 in the afterlife. They're either in in paradise or they're in 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 the, in the land of shadows, awaiting judgment. I don't know which it is. But when that spouse is dead, that's not the same thing. That type of single parenthood that's widowed, that's widowhood, and that's that's sad. But you could always correct that, change that. I won't say it's correction, but there's a good chance that if you're open to it, you'll find someone else to love. What's James tell us? The, one of the hallmarks of being a Christian is the care for the widows and orphans. Right. I mean, that's one of the hallmarks of the community of Christians. And that's the church's job, and it starts first with those that are of the household of God, of the of faith. So in other words, we take care of our own first, and then we move outward into the world. This idea that we just do it to the world, that's actually not true. Which It should start in the home, just like everything else. All missions start in the home, right? Well, in this case, it's the home as in the family of God. So there should never be a need... Within the church, that's not being met by the church. That's both lo- local as well as invisible. Yes, universal. universally, national, I international. I don't mean you don't mean I, I don't mean universalists as all are in Christ, or that we're talking about the papacy either. We're not talking about that form of Catholicism. We're talking about the Catholic Church as in the one one invisible church of, of God. But here's what my, here's what the writer of Hebrews, <clears throat> Luke says writing about Paul's sermon. You just said Luke. Yeah, I said it. <laughs> you meant Bob. Todd Friel says it's Bob. Let's just say it's Brother Bob. <laughs> or Luke writing about Paul's sermon. Um, Tom Buck. Uh, yeah. By faith, Moses was born. Verse 23. By faith, Moses was born. Uh, I'm sorry, let me back up. By faith, when he was born, Moses was hidden for three months by his parents because... Uh, they saw he was a beautiful child, and that they were were not afraid of the king's eating. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to endure ill treatment with the people of God 
than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin, considering the approach of Christ greater riches the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking to the reward. So where did he lay up where did he lay up his treasures? In heaven, not on earth. The idea is that he, he saw sin was pleasurable for a short time. He chose in his heart, so he purposed in his heart, not to indulge, but rather to stay close to God and follow his will for his life. And and Moses was blessed. Don't get me wrong. Moses went through a lot of trials, a lot of tribulations, and it didn't always, it didn't end well exactly for him. But he was allowed to see the promised land, and he was told the promise that the people were going to inhabit it and take it through his through his descendant Joshua. I say his descendant, his spiritual son, just much like Timothy. Paul calls Timothy his spiritual son, right? His son in the faith. That was his son in the faith was Joshua. That was the young man that he had trained up. And and ultimately, that is what happened. You look through Joshua, and you see blessings. And then you look at the next book, and you look at Judges, and you see blessings, curses, curses, blessings. Why? Because they did exactly what Moses, through the prophecy of God, told them they would do. They'd fall away. They would fall away. And then God had to bring them back to him. And he punishes his children. Those whom he loves, he has to punish. We're parents, right? Both of us are parents. We have children. We have had to do discipline to our children. We have to instill try to instill a sense of self-discipline in our children. Sometimes it takes. Sometimes you go through seasons when it's not taking. <laughs> you know what I mean. And uh, we do this. It happens. It happens. And we do this because that's how we are supposed to raise our children, to rear them, I should say. Raising is actually improper, but we're from the South and we say raising. So rear the children. No one uses that term anymore, but that is what it's called, to rear a child. So you rear a child a certain way, hoping in, in Christ that they will stick with it. They might, they might not. It's not a, it's not a Greek oracle style prophecy fulfillment. God doesn't say this will happen every one hundred percent of the time. The proverbs don't say that this will happen one hundred percent of every time. They are a guidepost by how to live. We follow the word of God in order to live in the will of God. That does not always ensure happiness. It goes back to the old Lynn Anderson country hit of the early seventies, from the for the time you and I were born, probably. I never promised you a rose garden. God doesn't promise us sunshine and roses. In fact, he says, if you follow me, you will have persecutions. So the fact is, we're still going to be tried in the flesh every day, and the world's going to hate us, but that's not why, how we, why we persevere. We persevere and press on, as Paul said, as if we we're in a race, Olympic-style race, Greek Olympics, pressing for the finish line to get the garland, to get the wreath. So those crowns he talks about, that's a, that's a wreath. That's a, like today you would give a gold medal, silver medal, or bronze medal in the modern Olympics. Back then they received laurels and wreaths. And that was what he was saying when he says press on to the prize. We press on for that prize that our Heavenly Father is going to give us because he loves us. But if we disobey him, he will punish us just as we punish our children. And James talks about that. James talks about that many times. I mean, because and we've talked about it in First Peter in the sermons as we're walking through First Peter at our our normal our normal pastor, you know, the, the trials are coming in many colors. Yeah. You know, they're coming in many forms, many shapes, many fashions, but they're coming. And you count it as joy, as James says, when you endure those many different trials. We, you know, we bring him up a lot, but Dr. James White, he's talking about this week about understanding the purpose of Scripture and that it is God's plan of redemption, but it's for what reason? For the glory of God himself, that his glory is revealed. And I heard Al Mohler say yesterday that even in destruction sometimes of, of a nation, God's glory is revealed through that. Because it took those people being set aside and even even destroyed and wasted away to to show that God is in control ultimately and that he has the right to build up and he has the right to tear down. Because man is sinful. Man is always on the decline. Man is always breaking God's law. And God's spirit only strives with man for so long. Remember in Genesis, he tells Noah, my spirit will only strive with man for a season, right? And it's 120 years. And we find out that that means that was 120 years from the decree to build the ark until the time of the flood. So he had a specific plan. You take what you just said about everything for his glory. Take our salvation. Yeah. I know some people don't like the, the, the terminology he chose some. You know, some he predestined. And, you know, uh, I mean, they just don't like that language in Ephesians. In the sure. First part of Ephesians. And um, it's for his glory. Yeah. I mean, did you look at the suffering servant in Isaiah? I mean, it said it pleased him to crush, God. to crush, 
to crush the servant on the cross. Yeah. Jesus Christ upon the cross yeah. pleased him to crush him. If that doesn't send us to our knees weeping, I don't know what will. You know, there's a positive that comes out of that, though. Yeah. The positive is it pleased him because of the glorification. Then Christ is glorified yes. and lifted up amongst all the nations of the world, right? Not to the Jew only, but to everyone, to the Gentile, the Greek, the barbarian. What happens then? More and more people are brought into the fold. More and more nations are conquered by Christ. And I don't mean this in a post-millennial sense. But this, you get what I'm saying, because I'm not a post-millennialist. But more and more, the victory of the cross, and even I'm not even trying to use that Christus Victor type theology here. You get, but, but the language is true. There's, there's truth in all those different things. They just, some of them deny certain aspects or they minimize certain aspects of the, of the a doctrine that I want to, that I always push, and that is justification. And it came from the cross, and it's, it's faith only by his grace. It's amazing how this all works together. Look at the fold you're discussing. By all different folds. Where did we learn that? John. Yeah. That, that he gives a parable uh, of the sheepfold. I'm the door. I'm the gate. I'm the door. But then it talks about for many different folds. That, that, that's, a, that's symbolic as he's teaching that. There, there's people in my flock, in Christ's flock, not, not our flock that we own, the flock. Christ right. is the great shepherd, pastors, elders, or under shepherds. There is people in the flock of Christ that are, that are of a different fold. They're not of the Jewish. They're of different races. Yeah. You and I are not Jewish. Right. We're of a different fold, but we're in Christ. They thought Messiah would come alone just for the Jews, nothing else. It was a national hero. That's all they wanted. They weren't expecting a man that would say, no, I'm going to bring everyone in. I'm going to do what you didn't do, which was, and God knew they would never do it, but you did not spread the light. You did not spread the gospel of, of Yahweh to the world. I'm going to do it. It's going to happen through me, and I'm going to pick just a handful of, of, of young men that are Jews and send them out, and they're going to go out. They're going to start in Jerusalem, and then they're going to spread throughout Judea, and then they're going to go to the ends of the earth. By the way, you just described in a nutshell a very pithy form of the gospel of Acts, or the, the book of Acts. <laughs> exactly. I mean, well, that's what it does. It's the book of Acts. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. It, it, even, it even ends with Paul going to preach in Rome. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know? You look at the gospel from this 30,000-foot view, and it is so, it is so interconnected and intertwined. Because here we are talking about Isaiah. Now we're led to, hey, you did, you did, you did. then we move to the fold. People of different folds. He's, he's up on, like, on the cross. It pleases him. He crushes him, and it pleases him. Well, then it leads to Christ. We see Christ in the New Testament. Six, was it six or seven hundred years later after Isaiah's written? I think it was around seven hundred years. Around seven hundred years after. Yeah. And then we see about this whole different thing than what you're describing. Then here's the book of Acts. Here they go. Day of Pentecost happens. And then it's just explosion of evangelists yeah. that goes on. It's just, I mean, it's so intertwined. And. And so, we get all this from, and, and we were talking about the Supreme Court case when we right. Well, all of our ramblings have a point, and there's a there's a twofold application here. We've talked now. We've talked first and foremost about the personal application, the individual that could be applied is that be sure your sins will find you out. If you're in Christ and you are doing those things, as as Peter discusses that Pastor Tom preached on last week, I thought that was honestly, I thought that was one of his best ones yet. He's had two or three in Peter I've really liked, and that's been the one I think I. Last week, it just hit me really hard. You know, be holy because I am holy. We're called to holiness, okay? So I'm talking about in our life. We are called to be holy people and to be an example for the, for the heathen. Now, I don't believe people get saved based on just our example. You know that. I am saying we go and proclaim the gospel, but they also see that gospel lived out in our lives. I do think that. I don't think we live the gospel as in that's our mission. You have to use words. If Christ is not proclaimed, is not preached, people will not come to repentance. They still have to hear the preaching, and it's the foolishness of preaching, the Bible says, that he uses to save men's souls. So that's what we've got to do. We've got to proclaim Christ, right? We don't just live it. We say it. We actually say it. No, you're living in sin, and it's going to cost you. You don't pay for it here on this earth. You will pay for it in eternal judgment. So that's the, that's the personal application. The other application to look at is when we brought up the court. When I brought up the court was, if we see a further decline in this nation, and ultimately God's wrath revealed in this nation, Still for the glory of God, because as a sinful nation who has turned away from God, who has blessed us immensely over 200-some years, almost 300 years, we deserve every bit of it. Chalen, that's what I'm getting at. We deserve it. When we have a Supreme Court justice saying that a fetus 
is equivalent to a brain-dead human being waiting to have their organs harvested, is I guess what you would say. I don't think she used that term, but my point is, I know she didn't because I've read the quote. Is it not implied? But it's implied. So if that's the case, then babies mean nothing? We might as well erect an altar to Moloch and let them and pull them out of the womb and throw the bodies in the fire because that's where we've what's the point we've reached? Is is that not what we've done? Yeah, yeah. Essentially, we have. Had idols to Moloch. We 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 we've, we have sacrificed children on the altar of sensuality in the millions. Yeah, you know they did it then for they did it then for the idea of harvest that they would get reap a better harvest and that the womb would be opened more and they would have more children. They believed by sacrificing to Moloch that they were going to get gain. We do it for nothing more than personal... Pleasure. Yeah, selfishness. It's a form of birth control. No, it's not. That's a murder of a human being. It's an absolute slaughter of what Scripture, I still believe, refers to as the innocent. Those that are innocent in or in, in knowledge, they're, they're innocent. I mean, and, and this... I'm still proud to know, Chaylin, that there are people... I seriously mean this. I'm still proud to know that, that there are people, there are business owners that I know that are Christian that, that run pharmacies in our part of the state that won't carry the morning after pill. And when people come to ask for it, they're just like, we don't carry that because they have a conscientious objection to it. They may force it. And then we got some decisions. They're making them. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You know, they'll try to put people out of business for not doing it. I mean, it's. It's We're already doing it with COVID right now. I know. I mean, you look at the amount of small business. I'm for people, you know this, I'm for people taking the uh, vaccine if they want it or need it, feel like they weigh the options and they need it. I'm against mandates. That's what Al Mohler said yesterday, by the way. And Mohler took the vaccine. He said, I'm not anti-vaccine. And I'm not, I'm not a science denier who denies the reality of COVID, but I don't think believe in mandates. In fact, his university just, and, and Baylor College are actually, um, not Baylor, what's the name of the, the undergraduate college boys, there? At, boys. 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 Boyce College and Southern Baptist Theological Seminary in Louisville, Kentucky, they are suing the federal government because they're trying to mandate all, all faculty, all staff, and all students get vaccinated. Here's what I'll say. I took the vaccine. I did. I mm-hmm. did. I'm not, taking, I'm not taking boosters. I'm done. I, I, I am done. You, I, give you the, I give you the two-jab shot, and if your two-jab shot obviously didn't work. Now, there is a new one coming out, I would take, because I read this morning, Novavax, which is— Are they actually going to get approval? My understanding, what I read this morning, that they are saying it may come to market, and ours, honestly, that you know, that's what I was holding out for for a long time. I kept holding out for, and and I'll be frank with why I got it. I told you why I got it. Yeah, I had a couple family members that got really, really sick, and with two young girls, it wasn't that I didn't trust in the sovereignty of anything. God had nothing to do with that. That I felt like it was the right thing to do for me on a personal level. Yeah, you weighed the risk and the needs, and you took a decision and, and did so, it. Do I regret it? No, because I believe it made the right decision for me personally. But, like I said, I'm not doing boosters. I'm done. You're, 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 I, I'm sorry. I'm starting to look. I think there's, I, am I past? I think I'm past the risk now of blood clotting, the seizures, the stuff that goes on. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's within the first two and a half months, they say. Yeah, and I'm about three to four months removed now. <laughs> I'm done. I'm not going that risk because that risk re-enters the moment I get the other gas. Yes, because the booster shot is fifty percent. It's a fifty percent shot of the original shot. So, so, so that's the thing you got to remember. You're putting in half the level of what your last shot was back into your system, and that's going to elevate that 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 portion of the spike protein, which is causing some problems with some people. It's not killing everybody, but obviously, but it is doing more damage, I think, than they would normally allow a vaccine to to, to get on the market. Yeah, so, so my my wife and I taking it, and we are past the stage of. We're not on YouTube. We can still say what we want to say, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. James White. What about that? He, oh, um, yeah, that's news too, isn't it? For the first time ever, he he he'd been waiting for them to finally throw him off, and they they took one of his episodes down. Oh no, they didn't take it down. They canceled it mid live stream. I was watching it, and it goes blank. Like, see, I never watch him live. I never watch him live because I'm always working. First time ever. I was watching him live. Typically, I may get on there and listen for 10 or 15 minutes. I happened to be home. I happened to be here, and I was at the computer or at YouTube at the, at the Apple TV downstairs. I thought, oh, he's live. Now, I come in about 10 minutes into his discussion, uh-huh. and I'm watching. I don't remember what mark, and I'm like, hey, what happened? I thought my internet shut down. I thought something happened. No, no, no. He was removed. He, he was shut down. Well, you know, I, I when, you, when you called me and told me that it happened, it was already the morning after. Because it happened in the previous evening, 
I'd already downloaded it and it still took me another day or so to listen to it. And when I listened to it on my app, I was like, um, he has said things far more critical than that. What got him booted off? I'm not even sure. It, it did have something to do with, with lockdowns and science and different stuff. But by the way, you know what he was quoting from? A scientific paper that the government has on their website. He quoted it. And they so you, so now you're kicked off for giving actual factual information that the government themselves owns. Come on, that's the part that bothers me. We've just we've we've entered a we've entered the twilight zone. <laughs> entered George, George Orwell. Orwell's yes, it is, and the 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 the, 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 the Ministry of Information, is, Ministry of Truth, is going to be telling us what to do and what to believe and what's in our newspapers. They already are. Well, the false dichotomy that gets me though is. Everybody's looking to the next presidential election or the 2022 midterms, which can they help derail this year? But the ultimate or slow it down. Is the sovereignty of God. That's right. I slow it down. But the sovereignty of God is the ultimate thing to look at is how has God sovereignly ordained this to happen and what's going to happen? That's what James White always says. Are we to be, we're to be the light of the world. We're to lead by example. We don't want to vote a, uh, what we call a Gentile or a pure pagan heathen in office. But no. man, I, I, looking back, and you look, and I'll, I'll say this, when is the last time we've actually had a truly, quote-unquote, Christian lead the country? Uh, it wasn't 2016. No. No, sir. Um, I'm not judging the eternality of his of his, of his his soul. That's but, not what I'm saying. But he wasn't living the Christian life, regardless. And then people always, uh, I, I'm going to say what I said this week, but in a different form. People always say, well, you know, he did a lot for the unborn. And he did. And I, he probably did more for the unborn than any president in modern history. Absolutely. At least post-Reagan. Again, though, we are told in the Gospel of John that we will know a fruit or a tree by its fruit. Yes. Not by the amount of life it saves. No. Not by the uh, scripture that it can quote. Not by these sort of things. uh, By the fruit as a whole and the totality of their life, the fruit. Not that, because I'm sure, even as a lost, depraved, Center, there are moments when that tree, that rotten tree, will produce. I mean, it's ultimately all rotten, but what appears to be good fruit. Oh, amen. Yeah, uh, it's not good fruit, and but the the ultimately when you get to the core of that fruit, the fruit's rotten. And, uh, yeah, and, and so and so we. I mean, man, we kind of covered a range of topics, didn't we? And we just wanted to stay on schedule this week, and we and we we just wanted to put something out there and we also you told me yesterday hey roy let's just try this we've been talking about it for months we haven't done it let's just do it make ourselves your exact words were if we don't force ourselves to do it we'll find an excuse not to do it well and i forced purposely waited all week to tell you because i had the idea on monday i'm like i'm not gonna tell him till friday night because i want it not that i want you to paint it but i'm like what i tell you if it don't work out i'll drive there yeah you know and i said no big deal i'll drive this because the studio is uh is uh, was it the words of James White deep in an underground basement? That's right. Oh, it literally is. <laughs> yeah. It literally is deep in an underground basement. So I thought I'll drive to the studio. No, 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 no file. Um, you, on the other hand, are a who lot closer to the studio than myself. Oh yeah. And uh, so with the you know what, let's give it a try. Let's see what it does. And uh, so I thought, well, if it don't work, I'll drive there. So it's no big panic. Just download Zoom. I'll start the meeting. Let's see if this works. And let's give it a whirl. Do you know when I downloaded Zoom? When the email popped up. Because <laughs> I, I wasn't sure if I had to download it or not based on what you said. But yes, you have to have the program on your on your computer. So here it is. I've got it now. And, and so I use it a lot. We use it for seminary a lot. That's what you told me. And uh, we use it for seminary a lot because that's the way we would get into Q&As. You know, because we do a lot of seminary uh, remote. Uh, and so we uh, actually all this and so we, um, the video's a little glitchy, you know, it's weird not seeing you. Yeah, but we're not doing video and not seeing, you. oh, I know we're not recording the video, but you and I are on video and I can see you, but sometimes you'll freeze. Like you held a book up and that book froze for like 15, 20 seconds. It didn't move. <laughs> Even after you stopped, I could tell you were talking about something else and your chair squeaked and you were, you were getting the other book out. And then all of a sudden there you are again and you're moving a different book in front of me. And I'm like, okay. Audio, I think run good i think the audio typically runs it's always a video yeah the audio sounds fine and uh, and, uh so pre pre-edit as of right now we're almost at 53 minutes so that's pretty good for something we didn't we spoke off the cuff and honestly 
this was just a catch-up. This was a lot of fun, because the last couple of times we've recorded, we've had guests. This is just you and me gabbing again. Two goobers gabbing. Yeah, yeah, that was what my niece so eloquently called it. She's like, so you and you know, I podcast, two goobers gabbing. She is, uh, she was 14 at the time. Uh, now she's driving. No, 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 15 at the time. Now she's driving. So. Oh, really? I'm sitting here looking at my, oh yeah, I'm sitting here looking at my folder of IFB stuff that I couldn't play for you to torment you today. I got one, here's the spout where the glory comes out, you know, right, because he beats on the wall. I have never heard that. I'll save that one for a day. It's a spout where the glory comes out. Well, we're going to have to come up. You're going to have to do a thing where you have a little, where we have a little, uh, we have the, we have all of our little sound effects on a, on, on a, on a program and we just, we, you know, maybe just little icons and we just click it whenever we want to throw something in, you know, like a, hey man, you know, type thing. But still my favorite one though, my favorite one of all the IFB is we did the atomic wedgie and then the atomic wedgie applied. Oh my goodness. Yeah. You know what else though? You're still laughing. You know, this one always tears me up. Every once in a while, I'll get it in my head. I don't remember. I don't remember the name of the group. Somebody out there can let us know. Send us an email. But uh, there's an old Southern gospel song, and it's from the '70s. It's the old ship of Zion, and there's a bass singer, and he goes burr, 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 really deep, and and all of a sudden you hear this woman in the crowd going. Ah, ah, ah. What was the song you used to call? <laughs> Reminded me of Grandma got run over by a reindeer that you used to sing to my voicemail. If it was good enough for Grandma. Oh, I still believe like Grandma that you got to be born again. Yeah, yeah, that's all. Yeah, and I always thought it was uh, Grandma got run over by a reindeer. Do you know where I first heard that? James White a couple years ago. James White played that song on his podcast. Yes. Those poor kids involved. Oh, kids with that more of being. You said we watched the video. We're like when they're eighteen, they're out. Yeah, that one kid's looking there like, oh, this is so awful. <laughs> my hair will be down to my knees, and I will have an earring through every orifice I own. Who's <laughs> the other guy? Larry Brown, as he defines woman in their stretchy britches. I think as he put it. What's he call it? I think that's. Stretchy britches. He said, I looked up while I was preaching one time, and I looked up, and there was a lady over there. It looked like an elephant bent over. I'm like, well, you are respecting women, huh? Oh, yeah. I mean, these guys terrible. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It, there's a, whole, there's a, a wide streak of misogyny that runs through that movement. I'm serious. I mean, just you know that. I mean, that's what we're talking about here. They're just an utter despicable hatred of women because they, they view women as the as as this cult of, of immorality. They actually believe that... You know, man would have been great if God just hadn't created Eve. So you know what it boils down to? They blame God. Huh. Well, and here's the other one. Don't dispute the man of God. You know, when I get the interpretation, don't dispute what I say. You're wrong. Yeah, what if you're just, what if you're up there spouting heresy? Let's call that out. If you say Jesus had no mother. (laughs) Yes. Yes. If you say Jesus had no mother, what's wrong with you? I, I, that, this, this happened, ladies and gentlemen. I did that to you. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I pulled that out of my hat. I probably got that saved somewhere if you want to. <laughs> We're going to get in trouble one of these days. Or if you or if you specifically say the church is a building. Yes. I mean, if you specifically say the church is a building alone. Preach. Then, uh, then yeah. Then you... Uh, you Look, and here's the other thing. We just lost about 100 listeners. I mean, the rest of the listeners don't know what's going on, but there's about 100 local listeners that follow us that will be like, oh, I hate you now. You're, 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 you're blaspheming. Most of these guys, and, and I'll say this, most of these guys that I'm looking at on my screen right here uh-huh. practice plagiarism. That there's a little bit of good in every person. All I've got to do is... And I said I because that's what they do. Is ignite that spark. Ign- I, that's, you know, that's the word I was getting ready to use. Ignite the spark of divinity. Bring out a little bit of God in all of us. And then God, heaven, helping look down that tunnel through time. God sovereignly decreed the salvific nature of myself. God created the tunnel. He looked down. <laughs> he didn't even look down. No, but I'm saying if there was a tunnel of time that he could look down. He created that tunnel because, we'll say it again, God we, has created us to live in a moment in time. He is outside of the space-time domain. Heaven 
Heaven is not here. No. But thank God one day it will be, according to Revelation. Heaven and earth will be will be joined in the new creation. Okay, that's what you said. Um, I don't know where it's at, but I'm looking for, if I'm not mistaken, Pelagianism was, I wasn't talking about you, but I, that's what you say. I didn't want to say this wrong. What I didn't want to say was, I'm thinking it was Council of Nicaea that was against Pelagianism. That, that heresy goes back that early. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Talking. I'm thinking it was Nicaea 1, and I was trying to find the book with it. Um, Can I give you a little... Since we're nearing the Christmas season, can I give you a little Christmas trivia? Sure. I probably won't know it. St. Nicholas, from where we get the term St. Nicholas, Santa Claus, the real St. Nicholas, is rumored, it, it has been recorded that he punched Pelagius in the nose at the Nicene Council. Oh. Yeah, that was a thing. Santa had a temper. Said, um, let's, let's see, there was a tweet this morning, a guy had a tweet out and said, let me see... Well, it said, let me see this morning. Uh, let's see. I'm looking. St. Nick, enough time to de- deliver Christmas to the world. Sorry, I'm too busy punching heretics, is what the tweet said. Oh, that's good. Somebody did that? Somebody did that this morning, and I told the gentleman that he needed a Nobel Peace Prize. I'm sorry. He just did. <laughs> he needed to be. Peace on Earth. positive. It was nice to Yes, I'm pretty sure it was, and I, like I'm telling you, I'm, I'm pretty sure it was St. Nicholas is is said, is alleged, to have actually punched Pelagius in the nose during an argument over this, because he was so incensed. And he voted with the, the majority of the council that went normal, kept kept orthodoxy going, and moved forward and denied all the heretics. So, good for him. He never knew, Elmira, I believe, which is now in Turkey, is where he was the bishop, and I don't, and I don't think today that he would be very happy knowing that his name has been associated with the quote magic of Christmas, which is actually pagan. Well, no, I'm actually wrong. The Pelagian controversy was the Council of Ephesus, four thirty one. It was it was it was the Augustinian view. Nicaea is uh, surrounded more in the Trinitarian of areas. Well who did Saint Nicholas punch in the nose? Uh you got Pelagius. When, was Saint Nick was he at uh, Nicaea or was he at Ephesus? Nicaea, I believe. And maybe it was. Maybe it was. Uh, I, I'm, I'm thinking it may have been Pelagius was. Maybe I'm. Maybe I'm thinking wrong. I'm trying to look it up really, 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 really quick. Uh, okay, it's Arianism. At the Council of Nicaea in 325, the legend goes. Now it's just considered a legend. Again, we have no idea if this really happened. Nicholas is alleged to have punched the the arch heretic Arius. So it was Arianism. Yeah who argued that Jesus in his capacity as the Son was not co-eternal with God. Okay. And by the 1500s, church frescoes and icons were depicting Nicholas slapping Arius. Yeah, it, it literally deals with the co-equalness, the, the consubstantial, and the co-eternal, the Father. And yeah. Arius, it was, it was bad, and that's where we get the Nicene Creed that we're talking about. Yeah. Well, Arianism is important because Arianism is a denial of the actual godhood, the eternality of the Son with the Father. Remember what Jesus says in the garden. He says, you know, that he is, he will have the glory revealed that he shared with him in the past, before creation, in other words. So there's always been the Son. There's always been the Holy Spirit. There's always been the Father. They are three in one. Three persons, one substance of the Godhead. It's the Greek word. What's that? And it deal with two, two of the Greek words, homeousousis, and that was the one that they were called eternal. And I can't remember the other one, that Arian. Uh, and I, I hope I didn't butcher the. And uh, I wouldn't like on it. But yeah, so you go to Pelagianism, that we're talking about Pelagius. Um, that's Ephesus, just a little over 100 years later. Um, that That's. that's Ephesus and uh, the Council of Ephesus just 20 years prior to the Council of Cas- uh, Chalcedon. Um, I mean, you, that's, I mean, it's fascinating to study these, these councils that have met these ecumenical councils. Oh, yeah. Uh, but it is fascinating to, to study. Wow, we have covered a range of topics. Oh, yeah, yeah, man. This is like a phone call I mean, that we, we have in the week, during the week, isn't it? You always said you wanted our some of our podcast shows to be just like our random phone conversations will do. This is one of them. <laughs> well, and like I said, we ended up closing and we're talking about Pelagius. And Pelagius, I, many 
people don't know. That was a heresy, folks. Something not taught in Scripture. Well, look, Arianism exists today. It's called oneness theology. You hear me? Arianism also still exists today. It's called oneness theology. Well, one, uh, oneness Pentecostal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oneness, you know, right next to us, 10, 15 miles. we got two of them, actually. Two of them. I've actually been inside one of them, by the way, for a piano recital, not because I was going to a church service. Oh, yeah. And to quote Adrian Rogers, you know, people are always worried about, well, they're sincere. Well, you can be sincerely wrong. That's right. Hey, Muslims are sincere. It takes a lot of sincerity to strap on a, a vest bomb and go in, walk into a, a, a Tel Aviv coffee shop and blow yourself up like that guy did about 10 years ago. That, that takes a lot of commitment and a lot of commitment to Allah, to, to their God. It's still not the right God. Well, look, man, I want to say, yeah, let's say something here. It's it's belated, but um, happy Thanksgiving late to everyone. And we do hope that this holiday season, this end of the year, finds you healthy and healthy, wealthy, and wise. No, <laughs> sorry, just quoting Ben Franklin there. But no, I do hope that everything finds you in good health and good spirits. And uh don't know when we'll record again, but we'll get this out this weekend as we record this. It is December 4th, first Saturday of December. Chaylin, I'll throw this out out there to you. Last year, we recorded a Christmas special to be released the weekend of Christmas, and it disappeared from my old computer. I don't have that computer anymore for that very reason. Too many glitches. What do you say about us trying to do this again and we do another Christmas episode? Huh? What'd you say? Did we exposit a verse, if I remember? We did. We did. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and what was the distinction between the child and the son? And we were going to talk about that. And let's let's do that again. We can do it again uh, sometime before Christmas and put that out, if that's okay with you. I, that's good with me. We're scheduled, I think we're scheduled to do it on the 18th is their next schedule. Yeah. Uh, we'll do it. We may have to do it mobily like this. Hey, that's this is, this is great technology to be able to, to have to be able to do this. And I think I'm going to try to get with Rufus and see if we can record a few songs and make a little Christmas Eve music special and put out some music again like we did last year. But not quite the same. It'll be different. For one thing, my son doesn't live with me anymore, so I don't have him around to help me. And I'll, and I'll, and I'll try not to do it a cappella. We'll try to actually have two or three songs that are just recorded in one, one thing and just stick it out. Getting Rufus involved would be absolutely terrific, though. Yeah. Involved. We'll see if we can pull that together. And we still upcoming. We're trying to work out a schedule. We have an interview coming with a gentleman from, uh, where was he from? Uh, is, it, is it Costa Rica? Yeah, originally. We have a gentleman from Costa Rica originally, now here to the States, to talk about uh, the evangelism that occurred in that country and his life and how he's here. And we uh, we go to church with this gentleman and has spoke of, well, at least once at our local church. And... He, we're trying to get that set up to be able to sit down and speak with him. It's just getting schedules lined up with a busy holiday season and his schedule and ours. And he's a busy man. He's he, he's a businessman, so he's busy. As as are you. That's another thing. I mean, he really is. He's a, as you know, he works for a corporation and he's he's in management, so he has he has things he has to do. And I understand that. We've been trying to do it since the beginning of November. We'll, we'll get we'll get to it. I, I I really think we will. He knows, and he's wanting to do it. Yeah. It's just, it's just timing. This is a bad time of year to try to schedule things with guests. I'm shocked we got Jonathan and Dan on such short notice, but we did. Um, uh, Also coming up, I would like to discuss soteriology. That's still laying out there. That's the thing that one of our, you know, that list of things that we discussed on on our pilot episode that we were going to discuss in the future, we've still never discussed um, ecclesiology or soteriology. And I'd like to do that someday, but definitely soteriology. That's going to get us in the weeds, too, man, because we're going to talk about a lot of things, the heresies, and we're going to talk about stuff that will offend people. Let's face it. Well, Pelagianism is going to come up. Sure is. we got to address Pelagianism because I'm sorry they don't know if the Pelagianism is plaguing Western civilization when it comes to Christianity. And, well, and soteriology will be one of those series. It'll be kind of like when we've done eschatology and when we've done other other subjects where we've had multiple episodes, Bible translations, etc. This is one of those things you can't do in one episode. We won't try. We'll even probably have bonus episodes called Defining Our Terms that we do where we just talk about the heresies, maybe. We just, today we're going to discuss Arianism. You don't know what it is? Here it is. <laughs> things like that. It's like I said, when I say we give a brief, we, did, we didn't even get to the tip of the iceberg with Arianism today. No. Well, Roy, let's bring us home. All right. Don't forget, you can email us at comments at dumbspeak.com. That's comments, plural, at dumbspeak.com. Send us an email. We'd love to hear from you. And, um, 
Roy, any other announcements? And let's. No, I'm done. All right. Thanks. See you next time. Take care. God bless. Oh,